up? What's up? What's up? Good morning, everyone. And uh, if you're listening to this episode of the Format Podcast on Monday in the United States, um, happy Memorial Day to you all. Enjoy this day. Time you can um, hang out, have some fun, relax, uh, barbecue, go to the beach, wherever you are, whatever you're doing. Enjoy this time with friends, with family. But sometime uh, during this day, just just take a minute to think about those who gave the ultimate sacrifice serving our country and its military. Um, that's what Memorial Day is, is truly about, is just taking a moment to remember those and appreciate their sacrifice. So let's not forget to do that today. Um, okay, that out of the way, it's all set. We got a good episode of the format today. It is all set. The NBA finals are set. They're going to be starting Thursday night. Uh, was that Thursday the 2nd? Yes, Thursday, uh, June 2nd. It will be the Golden State Warriors and the Boston Celtics. This will be the Boston Celtics 22nd appearance in the NBA Finals since the uh, franchise was created. And they're going to be shooting to break the tie with the L.A. Lakers and go to 18 championships should they pull this out. Um, One of these days, I will talk briefly about the Lakers and their quote unquote 17 championships. Got some thoughts on that. Probably talked about it before, but I'll get back to it probably before this series starts or maybe sometime during the series, but not that important today. Anyway, um, uh, last week did a show uh, best two words in, in sports and that's game seven and last night's game seven between the Celtics and the heat definitely lived up to expectations. Just a tremendous game Celtics, led I think wire to wire um they were up by more than 20 at certain points in the game but the Miami Heat at home in front of their crowd would not go away just wouldn't give it up and uh continually fought back behind what was for me an unexpected but still masterful performance by Jimmy Butler after the 47 point virtuoso in game six to push uh this series to to the pivotal deciding game seven um Jimmy Butler followed it up last night by playing every single minute, all 48, and scoring 35 points, but it wasn't enough. Uh, Celtics pull off the win and uh, advance to the NBA Finals, as I said, for the 22nd time in franchise history. Now, real quick, just want to give props to the Miami Heat. This is a team that's offensively challenged, but this is a team that's full of grit, full of hustle, full of defense, outstanding coaching, leadership all the way from the top. Pat Riley, um, and then, of course, uh, Coach Eric Spolstra. Then you've got on-floor leaders like uh, Udonis Haslam, who pretty much doesn't play anymore. He's pretty much an assistant coach, but the guy has been there through the the other championship runs of this uh, organization. He's been key to those. Um, so he's a leader in terms of on the floor. And then, of course, Jimmy Butler, whose work ethic, tenacity, and just old-school mentality continue to help to push this team. So outstanding season for them but not outstanding enough obviously it comes up short and you know Pat Riley once said years ago when he was coaching the Lakers he said there's winning and there's misery and I'm sure that it's going to take some time before the Heat can feel any type of pride um, about what they've accomplished as a team this year uh, for I don't know for how long but I'm sure they're going to be miserable especially given the effort that they put out again as an offensively challenged team pretty much relying on Jimmy Butler and anything and anything else, it would be a sporadic uh, contribution from the other members of the team. But, um, you know, congrats to them on a hard fought series, really tough, uh, played outstanding, great defense, just, you know, a, a lot of heart, a lot of guts, a lot of will, but Celtics were able to get it done. Now, 
uh, Boston Celtics, flip side of that coin. Uh, they are on to the finals after years of knocking at the door. I think this is the third time uh, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown and Marcus Smart have been in the uh, Eastern Conference finals together, and they finally managed to push through. Al Horford's been in the league, I think, 15 years, maybe 16. This is his first trip to the NBA Finals. The Celtics roster has a combined zero games uh, experience in the NBA Finals. So this is going to be an uphill climb against a battle-tested multiple-time champion in the Golden State Warriors. But for now, you got to wonder, is, is the Celtics youth going to be something not just the youth, but the youth, the athleticism, the length, the defensive versatility, all that's probably going to cause the Warriors problems. And for all the Warriors, great experience, championship know-how and all that, the Celtics don't know what they don't know. So they're going to go in there and they're going to play, right? Obviously, they're extremely well coached. Ime Odoka, he has just been outstanding defensively uh, basically since January of this year. Celtics been the number one defensive team in the league. That's been their calling card. There's a lot of times that they play uh, sloppily on offense, turn the ball over a lot, um, shoot a lot of threes to my own consternation, don't always make them, but the defense has been their calling card and that's what's been able to get them this far. So it's going to be a tremendous, tremendous matchup. Really uh, looking forward to seeing this one. It's been a long road, obviously, throughout this season. Uh, feels like it was always meant to be this way. Difficult, you know, obviously two game sevens in, in the last two series and you know shows what I said about our group that we fought through a lot of adversity this year a resilient group and um, tonight seemed to kind of typify our season and had a 17 point lead we led start to finish so that was good we got off to a good start but can't ever quite slam the door but have to grind it out and uh, bottom line is if we hold somebody in the 90s we feel good about ourselves so this is a typical Celtics win defense is our identity it's it's been there and Held, held us, you know, got us through the tough times uh, when the offense wasn't clicking. Games when the offense doesn't uh, click to the level it should, we can always rely on that. And, uh, you know, that was the case tonight. Uh, got big leads, dwindled it down, and we continued to get stops when we needed to, especially at the end, uh, you know, to, like to your point, 11 out of 14 possessions. And so that's our identity. It's kind of what we hang our hat on. And um, we look at our team across the board, very high-level defenders, you know, first team, second team guy, defensive player of the year. All five starters getting a first-place vote. So um, they've all bought into that and uh, love them for that. Um, we've had some things that have happened during this playoff run. A lot of people have said Jason Tatum has elevated himself into the uh, superstar range of NBA players in terms of some of the shootouts that he's had in, in this uh, playoff run so far. Um, the games against Giannis, uh, the, the first-round series where – he played, you know, tremendous two-way basketball offensively and defensively against uh, Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving in the Brooklyn Nets. Now, with that said, I'm hearing a lot of people talk about how he's become some sort of outstanding defender. And yes, the effort is there. And obviously he has the physical tools, the athleticism, the agility, the length, the height. But Ime Odoka really schemed up that Brooklyn series extremely well. So it's not like uh, they put Jason Tatum on an island against Kevin Durant and said, lock him up. So when, when people talk about that, we got to be a little bit more ingenuous in terms of um, how we evaluate that, right? A lot of double teams coming from a lot of directions, a lot of switching, just tremendous uh, scheme uh, from Ime Odoka in terms of how they dealt with uh, Kevin Durant. Now, with that said, Jason Tatum, again, he has had some huge games, but he's also had some help. 
when he hasn't been at his best, Marcus Smart has delivered some big games. When uh, he hasn't been at his best, Jalen Brown has delivered some really big games. So, for instance, between the three of them, um, the uh, Smart, Jalen Brown, and Jason Tatum, 74 points last night. And that was enough to be the catalyst to get the Celtics over the hump, of course, you know, the defense notwithstanding, but on the offensive side, 74 points between those three players. So obviously uh, very important. And, you know, you get you get other uh, 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 role players chipping in and and making huge contributions. I think you, you look at the 25 points and the seven threes from Grant Williams in game seven in the second round against uh, uh, Giannis and the Bucks. Um, you look at, I want to say, I believe it was game six of this series, you see Danny White with his playoff career high. So, you know, guys are stepping up. They are doing what they need to do. Everyone is contributing. And again, the defense, the defense, the defense. Um, Quick note, you have uh, uh, a, a bit of controversy. You, you have some people who can't stand NBA officiating. And a lot of times it it's bad. I don't know what the solution is. There's not a whole lot you can do with it. You can't yank out an official and fire him during the game. You know, uh, the NBA has a system that they use to rate, evaluate officials, et cetera. But a lot of people aren't satisfied with that. They're saying it's not transparent enough, et cetera. So anyway, why do I bring this up? Last night uh, with, I want to say, seven, maybe about 7.30, 7.40 left in the third quarter, uh, Max Max Struess from the Heat uh, catches the ball uh, near the baseline for a corner three. And um, he, he knocks down the three, but... It's waved off by the referees because they said that he stepped on the line. And you can see it here. But my issue is this. You're midway through the third quarter. Let's say even still, if the uh, officials blew that call, which I don't think they did. I watched it a number of times. I just I don't think they blew that call. But let's say they did. You're seven and a half minutes left in the third. Even if they blew that call, that was not the deciding call of this game. So arguing about that and complaining about the officials on that call, totally irrelevant anyway, right? So I, I, I don't even see why that's such a big deal. I want to say the, um, I can't remember the exact score at that time, but uh, it was, you know, it was within 10, but it wasn't a one score game or even a two score game um, that, that the Celtics were leading at that point. So yeah, it could have been a three, but it got taken off the board again, in my estimation from what I saw. He did step on the line, however, briefly. So the ball is out. Of, he, you know, he's out of bounds and that's a turnover. But at the end of the day, the score or the time left in the game was not close enough for that to be a deciding factor and why the heat, the heat didn't come out on top. So uh, congrats to the Celtics. Looks like they are. They're ready. They're ready to go. Um, they got a couple days off and uh before the before the final start Thursday night. So today's Monday. So four days till the final start. Definitely opportunity to get a little bit of rest, but then get the game plan in order and, uh, you know, focus on the prize. If you're a Celtics fan, you know this. The Boston Celtics don't celebrate Eastern Conference Finals championships. They don't hang that banner. They don't. The only thing that matters in Boston is championships. So we're going to see if they're going to be able to uh, pull in number 18. That's that's a heck of a matchup. And what we've got there, again, I, I mentioned it earlier, Golden State is obviously uber-talented offensively. They play very good defense, too. But they're uber-talented offensively, but they're not a big team. Um, we know they can shoot the lights out. you got the Splash Brothers, obviously Steph Curry, 
uh, widely regarded as the greatest shooter of all time. And then you got his uh, his running mate, uh, Clay Thompson, who looks like he's back in form. Game six, game seven, Clay, whatever you want to call it, he's a guy that seems to always come up big in those those games where they need him the most, knocking down shots. Of course, you got the heart and soul, Draymond Green. Andrew Wiggins, who can be a Swiss Army knife. He is athletic. He's explosive. He can really defend. And then when you least expect it, you know, he can drop 25 and, and really score some points. Um, Jordan Poole off the bench, he can give you 25, 30. You know, there, there's a lot of options and a lot of ways to go with this team. But one of the biggest things, again, I mentioned, they're a small team. Now, that clearly doesn't mean anything at this point because they've won three championships playing this way. But why do I bring up the point of them being small? Because Boston Celtics, long, athletic, physical, defensively, got a lot of guys around the same size. They can switch a whole lot. You got a young athletic guy in the middle in Robert Williams who can switch. He can do drop coverage. He can cover the rim, but still get out to the perimeter. He can really move around. This is a team that's designed to be able to defend pretty much everything that you can throw at him from a physical standpoint. And then again, with the, I want to say, ingenious uh, defensive scheming of Ime Adoka, it is going to be a real chess match because the Warriors don't play the type of basketball that the most of the rest of the NBA plays, which has allowed them to have success, right? It's not just, um, you know, four out shooting a ton of threes. It, it looks like they shoot a ton of threes because they make a lot because they have those great shooters, but that's not it. There's tremendous off ball movement. They're actually running real actions. Everything is not just, you know, looking for the pick and roll and hunting the mismatch. They do that sometimes, but that's that's not everything. Like there's a lot of teams where the offense is pretty much variations of the pick and roll and looking for a mismatch to try and take advantage of that. Well, Golden State doesn't have to do that because they run real offense. Steve Kerr uses elements of the triangle. Obviously, he played with Michael Jordan under Phil Jackson in Chicago. He uses elephant, elephants, elements of the motion offense that he got from Pop in San Antonio. So he's using an amalgam of this. And it's that's why they talk about the beautiful basketball. Even Kevin Durant, before he got there, you know, he talked about how beautiful the basketball was that they played. And then when he arrived there as a Golden State Warrior, he talked about that some more, how much he loved playing it. Obviously, towards the end, he decided that, you know, they needed more iso ball instead of running all the offensive sets, et cetera. And he has the skill set to allow for that. I get it. But um, anyway, this is not about Kevin Durant. The point is the Warriors present a myriad of different challenges in terms of the way they play basketball. Also, um, if you're going to look at the season splits, nothing really to gain there. Uh, they're one and one on the season against each other. And coincidentally, both teams won on the road. Uh, Golden State won in Boston. Boston won in Golden State. So uh, don't even really know, you know, what we have to look forward to. Obviously, uh, you wonder if it's time for Steph Curry to finally get that elusive finals MVP, if it's time for him to really go off in the finals. Uh, Steph Curry and Marcus Smart, really interesting matchup. We know Smart, you know, physical, strong guy. Is he quick enough to stay with Steph Curry consistently? Maybe not, but then again, he probably doesn't have to be because as we talked about, the Celtics are built defensively to be able to switch everything, got a lot of athletes and a lot of guys who can do a lot of things on the defensive end of the floor. So, you know, you get in these switch positions and then Steph Curry is suddenly looking up at a 6'9 Tatum or a 6'7 uh, Jalen Brown, or he gets in the paint. You got uh, the pogo stick, uh, Robert Williams, or, you know, he's got uh, Al Horford. So a lot of different things. And the fact that Draymond, for the most part, is not necessarily a shooter. I'm not going to say 
that you don't have to guard him at all, but you can play a little more liberally defensively against Golden State. Now, with that said, I'm sure a lot of people have thought that throughout the years. And again, we see that they've been to the finals five times, won three championships. So you're not necessarily going to say, well, we're going to ignore Draymond and just defend everyone else. Obviously, teams have tried that. Clearly, it doesn't work. I'm I'm really looking forward to this matchup in terms of the basketball. And then, you know, obviously want to see if the Celtics can pull out number 18 or if Steph Curry can get number four and then all the all the talk starts happening about where Steph is in the historical uh, context and all of that, which um, this show is not about that. Just want to touch on it real quick, though. I've been hearing a lot of people say if Steph wins this fourth championship and he gets the finals MVP, uh, all of a sudden he's going to be a top 10 all time player. I'm like, whoa, 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 wait, 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 wait. Now, I'm a big Steph Curry fan, a huge Steph Curry fan. His impact on the game and the way it's played is undeniable. No question about that. Uh, not not hating on the guy at all. And I really don't use I, I don't generally like using the term hating. That's a low information response. I don't hate any of these guys. I don't know them. Why would I hate them? Right. Um, sometimes I hate the stuff that comes with them as professional athletes, the baggage, the diva stuff, um, the way some of some members of the media evaluate that stuff. I hate that, but I don't hate these players. So anyway, um, I think it would be utterly ridiculous to put Steph Curry into the top 10, not because he's not a great all time player, but who are you going to move out of the top 10 to put him in there? That's my issue. When I, when I, you know, and this is not a top 10 discussion or a GOAT discussion, but real quick, when you're moving these guys around, it, it has to be definitive, substantive, and without doubt that you're pulling somebody out to replace him with another player. And Steph Curry, as great as he's been in his era of the NBA, there's nobody that I'm pulling out of the top 10 to put Steph Curry into it. I'm just not. And again, I am a huge Steph Curry fan, so that's no diss to him. Maybe he'll get there going forward, but as of right now, I just can't do it. So, um, yeah, I guess that's about it. We got it all set. The Boston Celtics versus Golden State Warriors starting uh, first two games at Golden State. That's Thursday night and then Sunday night before uh, getting back to Boston. So this should be a very good series. Hopefully we get another seven-game thriller, right? Hopefully we get another seven-game thriller. I know the NBA is looking for that. <laughs> I know they want those ad dollars. And also they want just that general interest in the in the game and the series, people talking about it, uh, people discussing it, barbershops and all the all the sports talk shows and people writing articles and all that, um, because this NBA offseason just doesn't look like it's going to be that exciting. But anyway, um, got some more big stories going into that offseason, Kyrie and LeBron and Ben Simmons and uh, Harden and, you know, got, got some stuff going, maybe Zach would be moves and whatever, but we'll, we'll talk about that another time. So let's just get ready. Um, relax for a few days. Again, enjoy your Memorial Day today if you're in the States. Uh, if not, uh, enjoy your Monday or whenever you're listening to this. And uh, yeah, that's about it. So you know what you got to do before you get out of here. If you haven't already subscribed to the podcast, please click that subscribe button lower right corner of the screen. Um, click the notification bell so you'll be notified whenever uh, new episodes come out. Uh, if you want the audio only version of the podcast and you're on YouTube right now, you can look on the screen. You can see all the different places we are. If you're not on YouTube, you're listening to the audio version. Uh, we're pretty much available wherever you get your audio podcast. Just type in the format podcast. We're available places like Google, Podbean, Stitcher, Spotify, um, uh, uh, Apple, uh, 
you know, wherever you get your audio podcast, you can find us. All right. So definitely thanks for tuning in. Also, make sure you click that like button. Give us give us a like. And if you'd like to, please leave a comment, whether it's on YouTube or wherever you listen to your audio podcast. And finally, if your audio podcast allows it, please give us that five star rating, the comments, the ratings, all that stuff helps us move up an algorithm so that we can be found. All right. And uh, if you like the pod, you enjoy the content, please share it with other people, you know, that love sports. Don't keep it to yourself. All right. Well, thanks so much for tuning in. See you next time. And I'm out. Peace.